Welcome back, sports fans, to the Polk Sports Wire Roundtable podcast. Make sure to stay tuned to hear about why the Pro Bowl sucks and what we can do to fix it, local basketball and baseball, kids signing, and much more after a word from a Polk Sports Wire sponsor. This PSW Roundtable episode is brought to you by GFL Environmental, operators of the Grady Road Landfill and sponsors of programs like Keep Polk Beautiful. GFL Environmental wants to make sure that your trash ends up in the landfill where it belongs and not in Polk County's beautiful streams, creeks, lakes, and ponds. So do us all a favor, pick up trash that you see, secure your load, and utilize convenience centers across the county to ensure that your trash doesn't end up in places it shouldn't. Thanks to GFL Environmental for making this and other Polk Sports Wire and Polk Today products available free of charge for the community. And now, get ready, get set, Let's go on this episode of The Roundtable. All right, here we are once again, the show that never ends. I am Kevin, the editor. Welcome back to the Polk Sports Wire Roundtable. And here with me once again today is WGAA's Andrew Carter and West Georgia's voice for sports, Logan Maddox. Welcome back, guys. I like that moniker for you, West Georgia's voice for sports i will take it i'm glad to be here uh looking forward to another edition here of the Pulse sports wire podcast guys had a lot of fun last time oh, yeah. and, and there's um, a lot to, there's a lot oh, going man, on there's a lot too. to talk there's about there's a lot to talk about oh yeah let's first start off this week talking about what happened this past week with the pro bowl because ooh, guys guys some good out of it we got to see nick chubb doing some really awesome things and uh, especially that 40-yard dash competition. How did y'all like that? You know, it was impressive that, which, let's be fair, he was going up against, you know, Hill from Kansas right. City, who, who was not running. He was jogging. So, let's be fair, Hill probably wins that, to be honest. But the fact that Chubb was right in there to win it, you know, he did lose to the linebacker. I forget the name at the I think moment. it's Von Bell. Um, Maybe. But, may, may have been. We'll, we'll look that up, but – you know, and it was it was good to see Nick getting into that. I think the whole thing about the Pro Bowl these days is the experience of going to the Pro Bowl. You know, I remember years ago when the Pro Bowl was actually something people, uh, you know, actually played a real football game. And uh, uh, for those who actually watched the Pro Bowl, uh, and we'll probably t- get – by the way, that was Micah this. Parsons yes. who won that. Um, my apologies, folks. I do not know players very well in the NFL. I know Nick Chubb. I know the quarterbacks, and that's about it. Yeah. yeah. But uh, it's not a real football game. It's basically a scrimmage. Uh, there's no con- – you know, they don't – there's no uh, – This two-hand touch crap that, yeah. and, and not playing a real game I get, and I, doing I – yeah. You know, I get the fact that they don't want these players injured and, you know – and maybe some of them are, are – are, but the thing is, though, it's the end of the season. There's only two teams in the Super Bowl, and I guarantee you there's not a single person from either of those two teams in the Super Bowl, L.A. or, or Cincy, that are, that, are at, that are playing on the field at, at the Pro Bowl. There's no way their coaches would allow that to happen. Exactly. I mean, Cincy's probably underneath an overpass right now in Cincinnati practicing in the snow yeah. because they won't build an indoor facility up there for some reason. That's crazy. Good Lord. Good Lord. Um. I do agree it's crazy. I can't blame the players that are like in free agency right now wanting a big contract and not wanting to get injured. But here's my thing. 
if you don't want to get tackled, don't play. Tell the Pro Bowl I'm not going to play in it and let someone else come in who, who had a great season. And, and who yeah. wants to show their talent because they are a free agent and they recognize that, hey, the only way that I'm going to get a contract next year is if I play hard right now because it didn't work out for me this season. We were not on a team that won. Yeah. That's a very good point. And um, – I also wanted to mention, uh, too, actually Logan mentioned this on WGA Sports Talk, that Kyle Pitts for the Falcons got his only touchdown this season on American soil, uh, which was in the Pro Bowl because he did score a touchdown when the Falcons played in London. That was crazy, did by not, the way. Yeah, I know, and did not score a touchdown. And that was actually pretty good. Probably one of the better plays of, of the whole uh, game was that pass to Pitts in the end zone. Yeah, probably so. But, uh, I yeah. would agree with that. I didn't watch much of it. I watched clips because at this point, what's the point of watching the yeah. Pro Bowl if they're not going to really play? You know, uh, it, but it, but I enjoyed all of the the pro day stuff around it sure. with the competitions, and that's that, fine. That's fine. Watching the quarterbacks, for instance, having to defend against um, the safeties in that little passing competition where they have to throw it for points, that was cool. You know, I would watch that, especially we, if you had some really good quarterbacks in there doing it. You know, the the Pro Bowl has has become more of a it's almost like a it's almost like a gala uh, of football players. Whereas the All Star Game for Major League Baseball is actually a game, although there is a lot of pomp and circumstance around it. They actually do get on the field and they do play a game. And they try to win the game. I mean, um, you know, the All Star Game does have some significance to it. You know, it it's uh, determined the winner, or at least it did at one point, determine the home field advantage in the World Series. You know, I don't think the NFL needs to do that with a Pro Bowl because the Pro Bowl is completely, a uh, completely different kind of thing. Um, and I remember when the Pro Bowl happened after the Super Bowl several years ago. Yeah. Okay, so so I have an interesting solution because while we can sit here and complain about how sucky the Pro Bowl was last week, we can actually come up with a solution to make it better. And I'm going to give credit to Barry Williams, the athletic director over at Rockmart High School, for giving me this idea because uh, credit where credit's due. Uh, he thinks that it should be the two last-place teams that play each other in the Pro Bowl every year hmm. and that you're playing for the number one pick in the draft. Interesting. That's very interesting. Well, would the winner get it or would the loser get it? <laughs> the winner, it's a good the point. winner yeah, gets the it. The winner, I agree. The winner gets I it. I mean, that's the only way that that can really work. But well, it's, that's but a, imagine if the Jags and the Detroit Lions were playing each other this season at the end of the season to see who gets the pick. Well, the NFL has a lot more problems that of they course. have to deal with right now, and and, I've, and really, I think one of the things that one of the flaws of the NFL these days. The NFL is very slow to implement change in their in their ranks, uh, in the way they do things. I mean, think about. I mean, how long did it take the NFL to move the the uh, the the goalpost from the front of the end zone to the back of the end zone? Uh, everybody else had done. Years, I think. By everybody the time. else had done that. By even college football had done that, and the NFL took a, a lot longer to do that. And so there's th- thing there's problems with the draft that I have. Because it's it's different it's different with the Falcons or, or I said the Falcons the Falcons uh, with the NFL I'm, I'm thinking of the Falcons right now for some reason it's different with the NFL because the worst team gets the first pick and a lot of times these in the these star college football players who have been on these winning teams all of a sudden end up at a, in Losersville and I, I understand it's trying to balance everything out but. 
how many times have we seen number one draft picks just get washed out of the league because they get in a place where they can't win? That's true. Uh, a lot of that has to do with ownership, though, I feel like. Rather, and the decisions that ownership makes versus the, the play that a player puts on and commits every week in the NFL when they're going out there and trying to put on a, a great, not only a great show, but, but pick up wins and get to what is arguably the, the biggest show in the world, the Super Bowl. Right. You know, and, and I think, you know, like I said, we, we've heard news also coming out of the NFL uh, about uh, tanking and all that kind of stuff, uh, being paid to tank and all yep, that stuff. That's, that is that, some that's interesting stuff. Very isn't it? interesting stuff. Um, and then, you know, the coaching, the head coaching debacles you hear about, you know, what happened with, at Jacksonville this year was, was a big thing. Uh, what, a, what, a joke, what a joke is, that was. That, that, is, that is such a fun round of stories week after week with Urban Meyer and the craziness <laughs> that was going on down there. And, you know, look, I feel bad for Trevor Lawrence. I mean, he's an oh, area kid. He's, he's an incredible quarterback. He should have greater opportunities to play but the, the owner, league. The ownership, the ownership of the Jaguars should have known what they were getting when Urban Meyer came in. Exactly. Should have known they because didn't, they didn't do their due diligence. Because obviously. It, well, how could I mean? How can you ignore what happened at Ohio State? Because he got a pass at what happened with Ohio State. Yes, I t- I'm telling you right now, he got a major, major pass. He should have. He should have. He, I think he got a pass at Florida. He got a pass, he got a pass, at, pass at Ohio State. Sure. And, and finally, he gets up to a place where there are uh, is accountability, and he tanks it once again. Yeah. But you know, like I said, Trevor Lawrence, you know he. He's going to stay there, and I and I hope for his sake and the sake of the Jaguars. I'm no I'm no Jaguar fan or anything like that, but that that they somehow figure it out because Jacksonville has not been uh has not been a contender in a very very long time. No, and they're not going to be a contender um uh, anytime soon. Um, I the Falcons make it to the Super Bowl before the, before the Jaguars well, look, do. Look, look, either way, I think that the hire of Doug Peterson at the Jaguars makes a big difference that he's going to take Trevor Lawrence and make him into the NFL quarterback he needs to be. I, I think, think we so can all too. agree on that. I think so too and you know Trevor you know he like we said before a tough a tough situation for him uh you know getting into that getting into that uh, you know that they were thinking you know get Urban Meyer get a get a what they quote unquote a uh winning college football coach in there with him it didn't work. And they didn't jail, and and they were and from the very start there were problems. That was never going to. It never was. And you know, a lot of people were criticizing the hire of Peterson because he didn't have the best record at Philadelphia. Well, if he lasts one season, he's better than Urban. Absolutely, because exactly. I mean. Urban didn't last a whole season. Yeah, <laughs> it was crazy. So. so you know that that's that's one problem with the NFL, and there's all kinds of other. Well, things. well, here's another problem that the NFL is going to have to contend with. And uh, hold on, we're we're gonna play some music here for just a second. Ladies and gentlemen, you probably have heard this news. Tom Brady is no longer a quarterback in the NFL. He has officially retired. Now, what's funny about this story to me is that he got outed in his retirement before he actually got to announce it himself by some very interesting characters who are known to not exactly be the most reliable sources when it comes to news. So, um, guys, I mean, the the ending to a, the greatest of all time career 
seven Super Bowls. I mean, he he doesn't. He's almost out of out of fingers to wear rings. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind that 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 Tom Brady is the best quarterback to ever play the game. I think you. I think that's not. I think we can just not argue that right now. We can put that aside. Um, now his exit. Honestly, I think that you know I've actually read somewhere that he wanted to go out without all that fanfare. Yes. You know he he didn't want to retire. He didn't he didn't want to announce his retirement at the beginning of the season and go through the whole season. Um, being you know going to all these places and getting getting his honors or whatever for whatever he wanted to hang it up after the season was over and honestly you know we were talking about this our last time on our last podcast you know I think it was his time to retire mm-hmm. um, I think and I'm kind of surprised that he didn't you know try to get back with New England maybe one last time maybe retire with New England but you know, New England has their their new their their quarterback that could end up being their franchise quarterback. I think he Mac will be Jones. too. I think I think he will be. Um, it's gonna. Be, I mean, look, Tom Brady did not win a Super Bowl in his first season. No, and and it takes a while for a quarterback sure to learn the game in the NFL. It is different than the college level. You're playing real men sports at that at that point. Tom Brady uh, is is the best to ever play the game, in my opinion, and you know. Football, you know, the NFL is going to be uh, it's going to be different without him. Uh, you know, a lot of memes I've seen online about how you know glad we're to see a Super Bowl without you know Tom Brady being in it. And you know, I can to understand be honest, that. I agree with that. Okay, but 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 you have to respect what the man has done. I do in his career, and you know, and I also have to as painful as it is to uh, admit what an incredible. Uh, uh, come back in the Super Bowl against the Falcons. Yep. It wasn't just the Falcons uh tanking. The ta- the fa- the Falcons did uh make a lot of mistakes that allowed the uh Patriots to come back. But you almost saw Tom Brady do that again in the playoffs yep. this year. Yep. He came within an eyelash. Oh man. Of, uh, I, of like, coming back. I I watched that game and I was like I'm having flashbacks. I'm legitimately <laughs> having flashbacks to like 4 years ago and watching this happen live in front of me with the Falcons and, like, just my face melting, essentially. So, like, what is going on? So traumatizing. Yes, it is. So traumatizing. Okay, Logan, where do you think Tom Brady goes next now? I mean, uh, does he co-coaching? Does he have a little media empire that he's going to create after doing the show that he's I been think doing? He, I think he probably goes the Peyton Manning route. You know, like, semi-analyst, semi-just-retired, having fun, can be the football genius if you want to bring him on on ESPN every now and then but I do want to pose a question for you guys because uh you know Andrew you had mentioned that I I hadn't heard that yet about how he didn't want to do like the Kobe route where everybody knows he's retiring and where he's going all these different places and getting the accolades and the honors can you imagine if he did though if if they were playing like you know in Atlanta or in Las Vegas, like know, if they play, did a Roethlisberger kind of thing where yeah. he got to play his final game at home and the fans and da 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 da, or or yeah. actually New England for Tampa Bay kind of deal. Yeah, and not only that, but like if he did the whole season and you know all the Brady fans mm-hmm. come out, like if you went to a Falcons game against the Bucks, if he was still with Tampa Bay, and you come out and there's nothing but old Brady jerseys like from New England and and Tampa Bay Brady jerseys surrounding it, that would have been something to see, even as a Falcons. Falcon fan, that would have been cool, but uh, I agree with you guys. Best to ever do it, so tip of the cap to him. But I as think far it, as what's next for him, that's interesting. I think it is interesting how he made his exit, and he did make the his exit on his terms. 
Um, you know the old song, I did it my way. That's And that's that's Tom Brady. That's what he did. And um, as far as his future, I, I, might, I, I might bounce back off that too. I think – I think Tom Brady's going to do something big um, that's not involving playing football. I don't think he's going to coach. I can't imagine him being I'll a coach. I'll note that there has been some talk about him teaming up with some other former players and trying to buy a team. You know, that's a good that's a that's a very good possibility too and you know, what better than a superstar quarterback with other players to buy a team and uh, maybe fixing some of the problems that we've seen in, in the NFL because the players are on the front front lines of that. I mean, they they know what's going on. They're on the front lines. They see it every day. And, and look, don't get me wrong. Like, I appreciate the NFL owners are NFL owners and they're going to do what they're going to do. But, like, I don't expect Jerry Jones to fix anything. Right. I don't expect – Shad Khan can't even fix his own team. So, what? much less he's not going to fix problems in the NFL overall. Right. Uh, the, the the ownership around the Patriots have no reason to change anything. Green Bay has been traditionally there for a gazillion years now, it seems like. They will never move, and the city owns the team. They have the least incentive of all actually, to don't, make changes. Actually, don't the fans own the team? Technically, yes. It, it's like a big corporation thing where everybody buys into it. So, yeah. like, it's not a, but it, but it's, it, it's a I unique city, situ- like, as the community. It's not- a unique situation uh, with, with Green Bay. Speaking of Green Bay, uh, we also talked a little bit about this last time. Aaron Rodgers. What happens with Aaron Rodgers after this year? We still haven't heard much of anything on that. Nope. I still think, uh, like you said, that Aaron Rodgers is not going to be back with Green Bay again. Nope. I see. I, I honestly, after the the hire at um, Denver, I could see him going there. I uh, really could. I, I'll say this as a uh, doomsday theory here for Atlanta: uh, New Orleans needs a quarterback, and True. Tampa needs a quarterback. True. So that's True. the worst thing to go through if you're well, a Falcons fan. And, and uh, yeah, and and uh, both Tampa and New Orleans have money to throw around um, because. With them losing Tom Brady, they got they've got plenty of money to spend, and I I, I imagine Gronk is gone too. I and, think and Pittsburgh as well yeah. is is yeah. in the same position. Excuse me. Sure. Y'all. Yeah. You know, this was probably one of the best NFL seasons in recent memory as far as uh, how things went. Uh, it, total around the league, and the playoffs have been nothing short of of incredible. Every single playoff game has been a exciting game. It's games you kind of want to see. Um, but it's also been the year that all these longtime quarterbacks are either leaving their longtime franchises or retiring, and also head coaches retiring, like Sean Payton retiring this year from New Orleans. Uh, you know, Sean Sean Payton has been uh, coach there since like what 2004, at least, uh, and that's about the time Drew Brees came on the scene. So, you know, it's going to be new eras for these franchises uh, after this season. Uh, but we're already starting to see some of the young talent out there uh, taking over. You know, of course, uh, you know, go to Arizona with Kyler Murray and what yep. he's doing over there. Although uh, he Mac- deleted his his uh, all of his social media stuff involving Arizona, so who knows what's going to happen yeah, with Kyler knows? Murray? Who he's knows? apparently upset or just decided he's taking a break. Who knows? Who knows? He's gonna go play baseball. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, I think he's also on a, uh, a pro uh, gaming league too. A team for that. He could he could be a pro gamer as well, maybe. Yeah, I, I, I've heard that before. Uh, I'll I'll look it up later, uh, guys. We and speaking of new eras, we need to uh, go to another segment here in a minute. So we're gonna take a break. We're gonna pay some bills. We'll be right back with the Polk Sports Wire Roundtable.
This episode of Polk Sports Wire Roundtable is brought to you by our friends over at Culver Exterminating Company, who are the real pros when it comes to getting rid of all the things that can creep and crawl into your home or business and ruin your day. Culver Exterminating Company of Rockmart is Polk County's local choice for all your pest, termite, mosquito, and wildlife nuisance needs. You better call them 770-684-7686 today to learn more about what they can do to help you get rid of the pests in your life. Show your support for today's Polk Sports Wire sponsor by visiting culvertext.com now to learn more about how to get great service in your home or business from Culver Exterminating Company of Rockmart. Thanks again to Culver Exterminating Company of Rockmart for supporting this and other Polk Sports Wire content. Sports fans, we thank you for tuning into this roundtable episode. Man, I need your help with something else. I'm testing out a brand new service for Polk Sportswire called Polk Sportswire Fan Zone, which is totally free of charge to use and participate in. We've got a feed just like some other social networks, <clears throat> Facebook. We've got a community forums for all your favorite sports, and more features are going to be added as we go along. Think fantasy sports. Think uh, something like, you know, you pick'ems, you know, that kind of thing. So go participate in a new conversation here in Polk County with your very own Polk Sportswire Fan Zone social media network, which is, again, totally free of charge to use. And you'll love this. If you're a parent or a player who wants to post your photos and videos on Fan Zone, I'm planning on featuring that content prominently as Polk Sportswire continues to grow. So do yourself a favor and go sign up for Polk Sportswire Fan Zone right now. Again, it's free of charge. You can find the link in the top menu on polksportswire.com or you can go directly to polksportswire.com backslash fanzone to join the conversation now. And stay tuned. I'll be adding more features to this and other multimedia websites as 2022 continues. Welcome back to Polk Sports Wire Roundtable. Here we are, second period. We are back with Andrew Carter from WGA Radio and Logan Maddox, the voice of w of West Georgia Sports. I'm still trying to figure out how to, to introduce you, man, because like that you works. do so much stuff. Well, You're a voice of like 50 different teams right now, it feels like. I'm just staying busy. Just, just Logan's yeah. good with me. Just All right, Logan. 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 Uh, Andrew, Logan, we are now... By the time people are listening to this, at the end of the regular season for our local teams in basketball, the uh, Rockmart Yellow Jackets finished up their season this past Tuesday. They are 17 and 8 to finish through the year. The 10 and 6 and 6 AAA and sitting in third place behind Lafayette and LFO, who are crazy good this year. Uh, I went and watched them play LFO and Rockmart a couple weeks ago, and man, LFO has got some kids that can ball. Let me tell you something. Uh, Seeing Rockmart playing Cedartown these two times, or actually three times, yeah, three times, and seeing and seeing how, you know, how well coached they are, and how and and they've got some good players on there too. Um, they beat they they swept Cedartown all three times they played this year. Rockmart has to be in a tough region if they're third place. Yeah. I was thinking in any other region, they're they're the region champion. They would win Cedartown's region. They would easy easy. easy. But they they are in a murderer's row, having to face like eight different teams at any given given time. They don't really get a whole lot of opportunity to play non-region games because of this. Uh, they, I mean, they did really well last year. Or they did they lost some guys, but this year, I mean, the the squad is there, but the talent's not quite as developed as it should be. 
uh, Damian Horton, for instance. You know, I was watching him Tuesday night, and the the kid can play, kid can dunk. It, the, he has lots of talent. He's going to end up at a college somewhere. I would hopefully think a JUCO and let him build up some size before he tries to make a Division One run. He's already but, six foot ten. It's crazy to think about. But but what I see what you're saying. Like he he there is still some development that needs to happen. Right. Like him. he he has a real problem of being under the basket and grabbing the rebound and going for the second shot. He tries to throw it out and then you know you end up with a lost ball and. Oh, fast break down the court and two points off. Of the three times I've seen Rockmart, Traylon Davis has been the most impressive one for me. Now, what's crazy is he's a sophomore. That's crazy, too, and to he, think about. And we got two more years with him, and he is one of the better outside shooters I've seen Rockmart have in a while. Like, legit, he can – the kid can ball. He is going to be going somewhere – in the next three years. And, of course, uh, we learned about the Red uh, Mambo uh, at the uh, Seertown Rockmart game. Uh, the the uh, student section for Rockmart had all the signs out. And, and a uh, Rockmart we student section, about. by the way, it is T-H-R-O-N-E, not T-H-R-O-W-N. You might want to check your autocorrect when you use Twitter. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, speaking of, Rockmart girls finished 10-15 overall, 5-11, 7th and 6th AAA. Uh, they'll be playing in region tournament, uh, both those teams here shortly. That's another tough uh, – Region two for the girls for Rotmart too. I mean, yeah, they're they're they not as good as they've been in the no, past. And obviously, they, they had some injuries affect yeah. them this year, so they're they're just kind of floating there. But you know, we'll watch them bounce back again next year once the alignments change, and we have an opportunity to watch them in double A. That's gonna be that's gonna be a, a big. Uh, advantage for rock mart obviously going they back down to 2a they region. are yeah because logan for one thing uh their 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 school population is a double a school they, yep. they just barely made it in, in a triple a the, the last time they did all the realignments and i think it i think part of that was because of transfers it was that it was it was that multiplier that put pushed them up into 3a now the multiplier you still have the multiplier there, but it's it's being used in a different way. And Rockmart student population has actually decreased a little bit just since a, then, just, just, just tadly, but but enough to move them down to two A. They're going to be one of the bigger two A teams out there, and Rockmart is going to have a. Uh, They'll do well there. They're going to do yeah in all sports. Yep. Uh, uh, Seertown boys and girls, uh, they made a trip to Jasper on Thursday by the time this episode is coming out. So uh, we don't have a complete record for them, but they're going to be moving in to. Um, Region tournament play here, I guess, as well. Yeah, so uh, on I don't remember what 74A does because last year I didn't cover it all. So on Monday, uh, the, the tournament's going to be at Northwest Whitfield again this year. The tournament, uh, the girls will play on Monday, I think at 4:30. Uh, don't know against who yet. That hasn't completely been set yet. We haven't heard any confirmation as of this recording, uh, but uh, the boys will play on Tuesday against an opponent to be determined. Uh, the girl you mentioned injuries for Rockmart injuries for for the, for the Lady Bulldogs year, have man. killed the Lady Bulldogs. We already uh, the Lady Dogs were already uh, you know down uh, several seniors uh, that graduated last year that were major parts of the team. You ha- you, you brought back you know a few players that you know only one senior Mary Sil Brumby, and then you had a uh, had junior um, Michaela Jordan, junior Ivory Boozer. You lost all three of them to injuries. Uh, probably the worst injury of all was Michaela Jordan tearing her ACL yeah. in the uh, Rockmark game, uh, and it was a painful thing to see live. Uh, she is um, she's awaiting surgery now on her on her knee uh, to get it repaired. Uh, we hope to have her back uh, for softball season, but it may be about halfway through the the season before we get her back. We hope it's not, but uh, uh, all indications are for that. But anyway, I'll note by the yeah. way that the Cedartown Rockmark boys game, uh, which I have video coming for. 
I, I decided that I would just hold all of the basketball video I have and do one big compilation for the season at this okay. point. Because uh, since I missed an episode with COVID and hoop highlights and some others, I'm just going to package it all together. It's crazy. Right. It's been crazy all year. But that Seertown Rockmart boys game on, on this past Saturday, man, that was like one of the better games I've watched both teams play all season. It really was. And, and Rockmart pulled away from a, a Cedartown boys team late that – we're missing three of their main players. Yeah. MJ Holiday, Xavier Holiday, and Mario Maldonado were both uh, unavailable due to injury. Uh, Had those I, guys been think, in, though, I, I think mean, attrition, we would have been having a different conversation. I think attrition kind of played a, a key part in that, as well as that's and going back to the girls again. That's been a problem for them too. They've they they they'll play with their competition. Uh, and it happened at Ridgeland earlier this week. Uh, they played right with Ridgeland, but they got tired at the end, and Ridgeland just uh, they they were able to sub in and out. They uh, and were able to pull away from the Lady Bulldogs and really what what I would call an upset win. Yeah. For for Ridgeland, so that's been the problem for the Lady Bulldogs this year, and that kind of crept up with Cedartown um, against Rockmart, and you know the boys got close with Ridgeland earlier in the week as well, but were able to uh, to 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 stay ahead and get the win uh, in a big region game uh, on Tuesday night earlier this week. So the Bull- the Bulldogs are going to – really the region for the boys, it's it's still pretty much wide open. Because yeah, I Seertown, think so too. Seertown defeated the, the, the number one team in the region um, you know, last week against Central. And, and they're number one. Uh, Heritage, who won the region last year, is is like fourth place right now. Seertown is, is in third. And then you've got, um, I believe, Heritage, uh, Northwest Whitfield at second, which they're not, they're not uh, in, you know, they're not undefeatable. I mean, they're, they're, they can be Cedar beat. Town yeah. had them beat until that 10-0 run late. So. Yes. So, really, this region for the boys is wide open. I, I this, think this tournament is going to decide who's going to go. And Cedartown has a good chance to host a playoff game again. I think there's a good chance, agreed, that Cedartown has a chance to host a playoff game. Probably going to end up in third place, though. I mean, I don't want to disappoint anybody out there, but I just feel like that's where the team is right now, and that attrition is gonna gonna hurt them getting into the semis of the. I think of the I, I think that if they're able to go next week, that MJ Holiday at least will be back. Maybe maybe Xavier. I don't know about Mario Maldonado, but we have enough guys underneath to where if if we don't have Mario Maldonado, I think we'll be okay. We've got we've got some guys that can uh, they can go. They can be your your guy down low, yeah. Which is what uh, Mario has been all year long. So I think we have a good chance to 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 be runners up again, at least maybe even a region championship if if we if we upset some teams at the right time if we're hot at the right time. So it's going to be very interesting to see. Rockmart, on the week. other hand, they're definitely going to the playoffs, but they're going to be the third seed. I think that's just predetermined at this point. It's going to be between LFO and Lakeview or Lafayette. I'm yeah. thinking of uh, Lake. Lake uh, Winnemusoka. We were talking about that earlier before the show. Right. We'll we'll get back to that later. But I think, I, and going back to Cedartown, I think the boys definitely make make the playoffs. The girls uh, should make the playoffs, but they but they're going to have they're going to squeak in, man. They're going to they squeak do. in, and, and, and they'll they'll end up playing a number one seed in the first round. Lady Jackets, their season's pretty much done. They're gonna they're gonna be in the tourney for a game, and they're gonna be done. I I just don't see it working out for them after watching them play against North Murray. But, but it's really been a fun season this year because last year we had. Uh, we had COVID uh, concerns, and we've had COVID concerns this year too. But that, but you know, last year we had a period of the season where we had no fans in the in the right in in the uh, in the gym. 
and we had no fans for that playoff, that first round playoff game. The boys played when that they played Marist. That was such an odd thing. But it was such a good game too. They they defeated Marist and. Uh, come on, it felt so good to oh, beat yes. Marist. I don't Anytime ca- you get to beat Marist at any sport, Finally it feels very good. Very good. And you know, and they were able to, to do that in front. The only people that were in there were parents and teachers. That was it. And there was no students down there. In fact, I remember that, that when that game was going on, there was a baseball game going on at the bottom of the hill. That was the Searchtown Rockmark game where Eli Barrow got a walk-off home run. Yep. And that might seg us into our next segment a little bit later on. Well, I want to talk about a little bit more basketball here yeah. because some interesting local news also uh, came into light, for me at least, uh, a couple a couple days ago, uh, that Kiara Berry is out of Indiana apparently and that she's like the second kid to transfer out of the, the women's basketball program up there, which is kind of big news considering that Indiana basketball for at least women's is always pretty good. Any any basketball in Indiana is always yeah. good. But, yeah. But that was kind of a surprise to me because uh, I remember how big of a deal it was. For Kiara to sign. It was. It was huge. And it was a that's a top-tier uh, Division One school. And to find out that her and a, and one other, sounds like there might be something rotten going on in, in the uh, girls' basketball program in Indiana. I don't know that for I sure. I got some we more have no looking into on that before I start writing on it, but uh, all I that know, is interesting. All I know is that some college around here are what is going gonna, is gonna to pick up a stellar uh, athlete that could uh, really change their season uh, for the next year. So uh, – she still has some eligibility left too because oh, yeah. I don't even yeah. think did she, she did she play at all? Probably didn't. So she probably she, have four I think years. they redshirted her last year. And you know, here's the thing, uh, Kiara, we'll save you a spot in Carrollton. If you want to come <laughs> be Georgia. the best player in, in school history, come on down. You know, some some good fits I think for her would be, you know, I, West Georgia would be a good fit, I think, if she but wanted to stay local, but it's like a Kennesaw I blame State. Her, yes. Going D one staying Kennesaw State. Kennesaw State, JSU, State, JSU uh, would be our possibilities if she wanted to. Uh, you know, um and there may be some other uh, you know, I would say Georgia Southern would probably look at her, Georgia State as well. I mean, you could also throw in some SEC schools there. I mean, legit, she you is a Division One yeah. player. She could enter that transfer portal and suddenly be at um, Auburn or Tennessee. at Tennessee would be a great program for her to be at. Uh, Duke would be a great program South for Carolina her to be at. South Carolina is another one that's uh, – UConn. Yeah. UCon- I mean, yeah. any of the women's programs who are traditionally up there, she would have an opportunity to play and – Probably be one of the better scorers on the team, but again and again, we're we're, we're, we're speculating. We're speculating on so all this, uh, so we we don't know the circumstances behind it. All we do know is we know that Kiara Berry is a good basketball. player. I'm going to look into it though. I want to find out what's going on with this because it's interesting. It's very interesting to find out. All right, too. but uh, you wanted to uh, segue in finally to uh, baseball time. So uh, guys, the season starts technically today. I mean, we've got uh, Rockmart versus North Cobb Christian in a in a scrimmage this evening. I think that's at and home, if then, I remember correctly. And then yesterday, Cedartown uh, scrimmage Darlington. Yep, and then we get a Valentine's Day gift. We get to watch them again on Monday, so I'm really excited about that. By the way, I'm doing something interesting this year. I'm going to do a three-camera setup for baseball. I'm going to do an outfield shot with, with one camera. I'm going to do a, a pitcher shot with another and then roam around with my third. Sounds good. So it's going to be some really cool video this year. I'm going to try out with some baseball. Well, 
I can speak to Cedartown because, of course, uh, uh, and, and my shameless plug of the, of the podcast is, uh, of course, WGA Radio is your home for Cedartown High School sports all Always. season long. Uh, we will be, we won't be, we didn't, of course, ab- we weren't able to do the uh, scrimmage because of um, of the basketball game yep. the, being the final game of the season. Hey, Andrew and I had a long drive on that one. Oof. But we will be uh, broadcasting on Monday for the season opener against the Darlington Tigers uh, at Cedartown High School. Let me tell you, four baseball games the first week of the season, and uh, starting with Darlington, the, the Bulldogs will play uh, Bremen, then I think Villarica comes in, and then we go to South Paulding on yeah. Saturday. Like we got a really busy schedule. Uh, Those are not easy teams. They either. are not. They're not. Darlington's not going to be easy. They're always good. Bremen always puts up a good team. South Paulding. Uh, is really good, and of course Villarica. Uh, and with that and big look, pool you know what? Well. If 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 we wanted a test of how good our team is going to be, these first four games will tell us immediately. And, and I can only speak to Seertown baseball because of my firsthand knowledge of it. But uh, I was talking to um, I was I was talking to Rick Baxter the other day. His son uh, Britt plays on the team. He's one of their uh, uh, bullpen pitchers, um, and. Uh, just listening to him talk, uh, his, I mean, how excited they were uh, about this season. Start. And I, I have, I've been covering Seertown baseball uh, since I was just out of high school. Uh, but for all those years, this year to me, there's a there's more hype on the Seertown baseball program, and I think a lot of that has to do with what we've talked about before. The way Cedartown exited the playoffs last year, yep. they felt like they should have moved on to the next round. There were some things that happened that that uh, didn't go our way, and I think with the the returning talent we have and the new uh, young talent coming up from the middle school level, this is a good Cedartown team. Currently ranked third in the um, uh, in the standings according to the uh, Georgia Dugout Club magazine. Yep. So that listen, uh, it's going to be an exciting year for for baseball. I'm literally just I'm counting the days down. I'll have a little bit better idea of what Rockmart's going to look like after tonight. I feel like that uh, they're good. They're a good team that they're scrimmaging against with North Cobb Christian. Right. And we we should have a pretty quick indication. I think in the first three innings on whether or not we've got uh, the the kind of pitching staff there and the kind of offense and defense that we're looking speaking for of which, the second week of the season. We, we knock out the Searton Rockmont rivalry uh, back to back games. Yep, February 26th and 27th is 25th and 26th. Uh, mark your calendars. That's, that's a Friday, Friday and Saturday. Saturday. They're going to be at Cedartown first and then at Rockmont, I believe. That's right. That's 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 the way I understand it as well. And I like getting that out of the way first because right after that, region schedule starts. Yep. I mean, you, we literally get into region schedule. But one of the highlights of the ba- of the Cedartown baseball season, at least for me, is the chance to go to State Mutual Stadium to play a game. And Cedartown gets to renew that old rivalry with the Pepple Dragons. We haven't played them in a long time, and I know that uh, that Cedartown baseball are, is chomping at the bit to get a chance to play those Dragons again. Absolutely, that's going to be a lot of fun. Former region foe of the Dogs, and yeah. of course, one of the closest schools to Cedartown, uh, you know, geographically speaking. So I'm looking forward to that. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's just going to be great having them at the home of the Rome Braves. You know, finally, because we were supposed to last year, it got rained out. Uh, before that, they always had the high school tournament, and you know we'd plead with them. We'd try to get Cedartown in it, never could. It's great that Cedartown's finally finally playing it. Cannot wait for that. It's going to be a lot of fun. That's going to be in March, I believe. Uh, yeah, maybe midway through March, uh, toward the middle of the season. 
So uh, that's going to be a lot of fun, too. We have a lot of good baseball coming up, guys. I think in the next couple of weeks we're going to have a lot to talk about with that, and uh, and I'm really looking forward to it. I'm, me, too. And, and uh, It is time to be outside again. I have been sitting in gyms watching basketball for way too long. How about this? We have two players on Seertown's baseball team right now that are that have committed that have offers or have committed to SEC programs. I love that too. Um, of course, um, you know, of course, our uh, the first one, of course, you think of is is the Mississippi State commit, um, and uh, and then of course, uh, yeah, Dylan Cup, Dylan yeah, Cup, and then, then Jay O'Neill. The freshman who uh, got an offer from South Carolina. I think we talked first, about that last. Time. We did, we did, and it's and I guarantee it'll be the first of many for this kid. Oh yeah, uh, because I'm sure we'll get a chance to see him uh, throw more on Monday a little bit, uh, because we definitely got to see him a little bit in the scrimmage on Thursday with Darlington, and I got to see him a week earlier when they scrimmaged each other. Uh, he started for one, and then Reese Tanner started for the other team when they did the red and black game. So. And again, we we I could spend three hours talking about oh, baseball. Sure. But baseball but, is coming. It is, and it, I cannot wait. It's going to be a lot of fun. Of course, uh, the Big Double A will have all those games for you uh, online on, on on the radio too. And of course, uh, Polk today, Polk Sports Wire will be uh, bringing you coverage of both Searchtown and Rockmart yep. to, uh, throughout the season as that well. That is the plan this year. We're going to be uh, out on the baseball diamond with coaches and players as well, talking to them after the game. And uh, lots of fun coming up with that this year. But we have to take a quick break, guys. we got to pay some bills. We'll be right back with the final segment of the Polk Sports Wire Roundtable. This episode of the Polk Sports Wire Roundtable podcast is also brought to you by the Cedartown Museum of Coca-Cola and the Doug Sanders Golf Museum in Cedartown. These are two just absolutely beautiful facilities in downtown Cedartown you need to visit this weekend if you haven't been before. Check out the collection available at the Cedartown Museum of Coca-Cola Memorabilia on Main Street. Then walk right around that corner and go visit a lifetime's worth of memories at the Doug Sanders Golf Museum when you come to visit Polk County's historic treasures today. Check out the amazing facilities operated by the Morris families on Thursdays, Fridays, or Saturdays in downtown Cedartown from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. or inquire about hosting your next big event at the museums. Find out more information at cedartowncoatmuseum.org and at dougsandersgolfmuseum.com. You can also see links in the description with this podcast as well. Thanks very much to the Morris family and the museums for supporting this episode of the Polk Sports Wire Roundtable and other free content available at Polk Today and PolkSportsWire.com. All right, we're back for the final period of the Polk Sports Wire Roundtable. I see I'm, what you did, period. Yep, yep. <laughs> uh, we are here with Andrew Carter from WGA Radio, Logan Maddox from West Georgia Sports, you know, everything involved. With West Georgia and East Alabama, he pretty much is involved in, too, somehow. Um, and we're going to get back to this. So, guys, spring sports and the soccer season is also underway. Seertown sits at 4-1 and one right now for the boys. They just came off a win over Darlington. They are looking fantastic so far. If I'd have told you five years ago that Seertown's girls and boys were going to sweep Darlington in soccer, what would you have thought? I'd have laughed at you. Yep, no way. But they did, and not only did they sweep them, uh, they, you know, they, they were close to they were close games for a while. But uh, you know, Seertown with decisive wins. You know, 
we knew we were going to have a good a good boys team. That th- we've had a good boys team for several years, uh, but the girls this year have really stepped it up. And let me tell you, we we may have a a now it's a very tough region the, that that Cedartown plays in both for boys and girls soccer because uh, you've got perennial powerhouses like Northwest Whitfield, Southeast Whitfield, uh, Heritage Catusa, those kind of schools there that 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 play really good soccer, um, but. The, the game that I saw, and that was the, um, I believe that was the first game of the season. That was the scrimmage game they played uh, against, and my mind Cahola is going like Cahola Creek. Yeah. Cahola Creek's got a good, they were the defending, the boys were defending 3A state champs, and, and Cedartown shut them out 2 nothing. Yeah. Or 2 nil. Or 3 nil, I think it was. They're looking good. Uh, the Rock Mart boys started their season earlier in the week as well. They fell to Tryon 7 1. Uh, the girls, I believe yeah they fell 02 to try on so uh you know they're gonna be struggling a little bit but i suspect that they'll pick up some wins and get it back together here you know soccer is the fastest growing sport um i think in this it's, it's certainly the fastest growing sport in uh in recreation uh as far as recreation goes and to see the participation especially in cedartown uh, for boys and the number the number of kids they had come out to try to, to try out for soccer, uh, and the fact they had to turn away they had fifty three something kids come out and they only could you know sign twenty four of them right. to the soccer team that tells you a lot about how big our program is going to become over the coming years. I'm super excited about that. I'm super excited that the kids uh, at the rec level too are getting an opportunity to do something more than just baseball, basketball, and football like. And cheer for the girls. So, well, if you look at the numbers uh, for Cedartown, I know for, at least for Cedartown Rec for for soccer, since they have implemented soccer as one of the uh, it's grown every year, hasn't it? Every year it gets bigger and bigger, and of course the city of Cedartown has. Um, and I have to put in my little plug for city of yep, Cedartown yep, of here. Um, the city of Cedartown continues to invest in in soccer as well. Uh, with the Goodyear uh, Park, they've got the field down there now, and the and plans are in the works, and funding is in place uh, for an expansion there for more soccer fields to be put down there at Goodyear Park. Uh, right I, there, I, and yeah. I suspect Rock Mart's going to be following along with that too here oh, in the yeah. coming years of of building dedicated soccer fields, of really um, revitalizing their program too, because they're going to recognize the same thing. Yeah, uh, they they have a soccer program. I think they play in the fall though. They don't pr- play in the spring. Yeah, and Seertown does spring and fall right. uh, soccer, and it's all and the numbers are always uh, really big for both of them. So, uh, speaking of rec sports, by the way, yes. we have got a uh, a special guest that is going to join us uh, in a recorded interview that I did Jeff Holsey here in just a moment. Uh, we uh, sat down with him to talk about what's going on with rec sports. So we're going to play that really quick, and we'll come right back after that. All right, Jeff, thanks for uh, sitting down and talking to me again about recreation sports. Yes. Let's get right into it. Uh, first off, let's talk about the Challenger League, and or we the are, Dream League, excuse me, yeah, is what we're calling it, Cedar Town really, Dream League. It's really good. Uh, we let all the kids pick out a, uh, actually draw what they wanted on the shirt, and that's the one they came up with. I thought it was great. And they actually, the kids are the one that came up with the Cedartown Dream League. That's neat. And uh, so we're going to have a meeting on uh, February the 15th at 6.30 here at the rec center. That'll be the last meeting. So if you're not signed up by now, you have to be signed up by then. Okay. And that'll give us time to get our plan together and how we're going to do this and things like that. So we need, if you already signed up, come that night. 
Uh, if you're wanting to volunteer, come that night. We, you know, we just need a real good turnout uh, for the 15th. Talk a little bit about what inspired us to to work towards getting a Dream League together like this, and 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 how the community has really come together with that. Like, right. I imagine we're having a lot of people really interested. Yes. In well, uh, Kevin, my dad, he worked for uh, disability children for probably forty years, um, and so I'm, I've always been around that. And then David Fowler, he came to me one day, and. Uh, just asked me about starting the league and what inspired him was uh he got thinking about these kids that don't get invited to birthday parties they don't get invited to spend the night parties they don't get invited to you know different things that kids without disabilities uh get invited to uh even sleepovers uh, a lot of time because sometimes these kids have to have you know 24-hour care and so i was looking around and even in our community as a whole in Polk County, uh, there's nothing to for those, uh, for those children. And so I wanted to do something for them. I wanted to do that for them to experience one, for them to experience part of being on a team, developing friendships, and then also the same thing for their parents. I want their parents to be able to come, come to a ball game. They get to watch their kids uh, actually uh, perform on the field and uh, go to the stand, get a hot dog, just be a parent and enjoy the atmosphere that, you know, other parents have got to over the years. That's what inspired me more. Uh, I wanted to bring that to Polk County. That's great. That's really great. Um, do we have a, a number yet of how many kids have signed up? Uh, we're, we're right at 10. Okay. But like I said, it's, it's just, they're starting to trickle in. I think they're starting to get the flyers from the schools. Gotcha. And so now, because my phone's been ringing off the hook now, and uh, getting more and more interest in it. And and people like you and, and the radio station, stuff like that, have helped tremendously because that's the way we can get the word out. And so I want to encourage people, you know, uh, we want them, you know, if you say, well, they're in a wheelchair. You know, I'm not worried about that. We'll we'll roll them around. And uh, we just want them to participate, have fun. We're going to, you know, we're going to, what we're going to do, my plan is to get there, uh, split them. If you've got enough for two teams, that's my goal is to have at least two teams. We'll split them up evenly, and we're going to just play a game of baseball. We'll put the ball on the tee, and uh, if that child is not able to, to hit, then one of our coaches will help them hit the ball and then get them to first base and then get them to second base. And uh, for about an hour and a half, we just quite fun with them. That's great. Uh, I imagine plans are in the future, maybe, if we can get enough kids involved, is to get involved with the, the league up in Rome as well, because I, I know they have to. one and, yes. and they have that special baseball stadium and I right love, next to State Mutual. Kevin, I would love to see Cedartown have that same type field here and uh, so i'm hoping once the community uh really gets seeing this and they are because about every banner we've sold this year um uh, for for sports mm -hmm. has been for this league that's they great. all want their banner there and so that's a good sign that we can get the community leaders behind us that even in the future uh we can have our own field for these kids and maybe have artificial turf but you got to get started. You got you got to have somebody that's going to start it and go with it, and then we'll go from there. 
and, and we're getting working on it. But uh, in the meantime, we also have regular rec sports going on too. Yeah, yeah. And I imagine that signups are, are wrapped up for that now yes. and we're getting our teams together. What is that looking like this year for spring? We are, we are doing great. Uh, baseball's over 200, soccer's over 200. I'm really proud of our girls' softball. Uh, last year, we had enough for one team uh, in each age. Uh, we've doubled that. This wow. year, we're going to have two teams in each age, in each age. And I know a lot of people say, well, that ain't a lot. That's, you got to crawl before you run. And so we're looking forward to that. And uh, we've got great um, directors that's going to be taking care of that. We're looking for a great year. Uh, on March the 19th, is going to be our opening day parade starting at 9 o'clock. And uh, the new league is going to be a part of that also. And so we're, we're looking for a great day in that. Uh, talk about the parade, where we start in the parade. The parade obviously ends here. Uh, we're at the um, the recreation center where baseball yes. and, and softball is played and soccer as well. So, and, well, except for Goodyear Park. We'll right. have soccer there right. this year too. But yes. the, where is the parade starting this year? Uh, the parade will start behind First Baptist Church. We'll come out, come down College Street and uh, turn on like Jewel Peak. Okay. And then come to here. And uh, then the opening ceremonies will be on the football field here at Burtwood Park. Um, fantastic facilities out here this year. Any improvements that, that you guys yes. can talk about? That... We, we, we've been you know painting the dugouts. We brought new infield mix in on the fields. Uh, we finally got field six and seven that was typically abandoned uh, for many years. We've got them. That's where our girls is going to be playing. That's why we were able to put the Challenger League over uh, Bigger's field because uh, that opened us up a field. So uh, a lot of work's been going on here to make it look better, and uh, we're just excited about it. Anything else you want to add, Jeff? You know, uh, it's rare that we actually get to sit down and talk to each other, although oh, yeah. I, past two months we've seen each other more than I think we've seen each other <laughs> in two it. years. It's been great. It's just been exciting. It, it's an exciting time to be a part of Cedar Down Recreation, and I hope that people see the perception of that. I feel like the perception has changed. If you got any questions about any of this, you can always call us here at 770-748-7783. Any questions about the new league or anything like that. Uh, Also, if you'd like to sponsor uh, one of the banners, it's $150. Your name goes on the banner, and uh, you can pick what park you want to put up at, and uh, we'll be more than glad to do that. That helps support the leagues, and it helps offset the cost of uh, what, especially this league, since there is no fee. And so your sponsorship is really supportive. All right, great. Thank you so much, Thank Jeff. Thank you, Kevin. Appreciate it. All right, that was uh, Jeff Holsey from the City of Cedar Town's Recreation Department. He's the rec director. He came over from Rockmart last year. He's a fantastic guy. We love him, and we thank him so much for joining us on the show. Kevin, this, this man loves uh, students, and... Uh, and, and he and loves children. He loves children. Yeah, he, he loves the kids. He, he loves, loves watching the kids play. And he also he, this is this program, this Challenger League program that he was talking about, uh, uh, the Dream League they call it, is something that he has really embraced, and he's kind of taken the reins on this, and he's going with it. He he loves uh, this program, and and I, I'm so glad to see Cedar Town uh, really leading the way here in 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 providing this uh, for for our children who may not get an opportunity to play regular sports. 
so this is a wonderful thing. Sign-ups are all month long in February. Yeah, of course. And um, you can also go on polksportswire.com to watch the same interview in video format. Uh, really great to sit down and talk with Jeff anytime I get to. So we appreciate him joining us. Uh, we're going to get back to football for a minute because we're going to wrap up the show here in just a few. But first, before we do that, I want to talk about the kids who uh, signed this past week on National Signing Day. That was um, Tuesday, I believe. Last Tuesday? Wednesday, I think. I think it was Wednesday. Last Tuesday, I, Wednesday. I could, I could be Either wrong. Way. Either way, it was uh, – It was fantastic yeah. to see that we had six kids between our two schools uh, making commitments. Shorter picked up uh, several kids from our area. Yeah, uh, Demario Sims is yep. one who's going, and also Mario Maldonado is an, another one that. That's uh, right. I forgot that he that he's added his name to the. Yeah, list that's too. right. Uh, when's the last time Seertown had a kicker? I think you have to go all the way back to Russell uh, Tillery when he uh, went to UGA. Yep. Uh, and and was a, a backup kicker there. Uh, so yeah, Mario Maldonado was a one of those late additions, and he's got a leg on him. He he really needs to be. He can going kick to him. School. He can kick him forty five yards plus. I, I wouldn't be surprised if in a couple of years we find out that he's entered the transfer portal and is going off to a better school. He may. It, you are always struggling to find good kickers at the top levels. Also, oh, yeah. a, also a very good uh, goalie for the Seertown soccer team. For sure, well. for sure. Uh, and then we have uh, Jordan Johnson going off to North Mississippi Community College. I yeah, remember North, that. Northwest, I think. Northwest, but, something like that. Uh, one of those JUCOs in Mississippi, yep. always pushing out products to Power 5, so good luck to him. And let me tell you, the JUCO route, you know, a lot of it, – it's different now than, than it used to be because used to you would go to JUCO because you didn't get signed. Not anymore. JUCO now is is because of the transfer porter and the NIL stuff um, – a JUCO can get you into a program somewhere. I mean, look at what happened with Zay Frazier. I mean, uh, he went ju the JUCO route, yeah. and he has found himself a home over in San Antonio. So, listen, uh, we're gonna we're gonna hear Jordan's Johnson Jordan Johnson's name, of course, uh, at, at this college at this junior college. But I, I I'm I'm pretty sure you'll get to see him playing at some Division One school uh, in a few years. And of course we have uh, Clayton Floyd and Dedrick Gibson over at Rockmar also signing with Shorter. I think that that's a great pairing to go off together. Yes, they'll they'll do really good with with their defensive line. I feel like and and in, in their scheme. And I really hope that that Shorter is able to turn the tide uh, with their program. You know, we we got to see some we got to see some good uh, a few good games last year with Shorter because uh, you know they they've struggled a lot over the past few years. But I I love their signing local kids. They're giving and some good athletes. I mean, Demario yep. Sims. I mean, goodness, he is a – he's that a great – That was a steal That was shorter. a big steal for Shorter. Huge steal for Shorter. And uh, and, and DeMario's going to do a, a good job. And I would not be shocked if DeMario – if uh, if Mario Maldonado does get an opportunity to kick uh, for Shorter uh, maybe right away. Uh, Gardner-Webb got Jai Barnes, who they are – That's another They steal. are getting a huge steal on that one. Uh, I guarantee you that he's going to be – transferring in a couple of years to a bigger school as well, assuming that he gets the opportunity to show his film off to some people. Uh, I also like that Jordan, uh, excuse me, Donald Knight uh, is going off to Georgia Military College. I think that's a good place for him. I think yeah. so too, and that that's, that's, that's Georgia's only JUCO football program. And, of course, you know, he actually, uh, right after the season was over, had to have surgery on his shoulder. 
Um, he was actually playing through that the entire most of the season. I think he might have heard it earlier on in the season. We didn't see uh, Donald play for uh, several games, and then he came back toward the end of the season into the playoff run. Uh, so you just have to know what a uh, tough player Donald is, and he is going to be a great a- asset, and I think uh, that might be just a stepping stone for him to something else. Yeah, and I was going to say, you know, that's a good program. That's a good JUCO program, just like the Mississippi JUCOs. You know, Georgia military pushes out that talent, and I like that they're recruiting this side of the state. They're down in Milledgeville. Previously, they'd mostly just recruit South Georgia, Savannah area, maybe, you know, Atlanta every now and then. Uh, but this year they got Donald Knight, and they got the quarterback from Paulden County that threw for like 500 on Rome. So watch out for Georgia Military. That might be pretty good in the JUCO ranks. All right, fellas, we are at the two-minute warning, and it's time to make some picks for the Super Bowl. Here we go. Two minutes on the clock. Andrew Carter, who do you like for the Super Bowl? Oh, man. Um, well, I really think this Super Bowl is probably one of the biggest toss-ups we've seen in a lot of years. The I think there's going to be a lot of points scored. I don't – I don't know about defenses here. I think you got two high-powered offenses. Um, but I'm going to take L.A. by a touchdown, but a lot of points on the board. I would be happy with L.A. winning, but I just got a feeling. I I want Matt Stafford to get a ring, but also I like Joe Burrow. I like Cincinnati. Either one could win. I'm going to go with Cincinnati. I'm going to go with Joe Shiesty. I think that Matt Stafford has proved this season that – It wasn't him on the Detroit Lions that was the problem. And I don't think it matters if he wins a ring at this point or not. He's going to continue playing for L.A. He's going to get another shot at it, no matter what happens. I like Joe Burrow. I think Joe and and that crew right now has nothing to lose. And I think they realize that they have nothing to lose. And I don't think that because they've never been at this stage before and with the young talent that Cincinnati has, they don't recognize that, oh, we could screw this up really quick. They're just going with flow. I think Cincy wins it because of that. I think Cincy probably – I think it's going to be a close game, though. I think Cincy may want it more because you have to think about how many years that Cincy has just kind of wallered in the basement in the NFL. I mean, yeah, they may have made a few playoff runs, but uh, they haven't really had much success. You have to go way back to the 80s. This year they hadn't even won a playoff game since the 80s, and now they're in the Super Bowl. And that's crazy. Yeah, you think about – and you think about – they've had some pretty good teams over the years, uh, but they've also had some really bad ones too. Um, and they had a really bad season last year. But I, I think a lot of that had to do with um, with uh, with Joe being hurt. Uh, so I'm looking forward to seeing two really good quarterbacks uh, going up against each other. And one of the – I think what's going to be one of the most entertaining Super Bowls uh, of well, the year. So there see, we go. this is what happens when you leave your phone on with the timer and beep, beep, beep. You, and you go over. <laughs> yep. So, fellas, that's it. We are out of time for this round of the Polk Sports Wire Roundtable. We appreciate y'all listening so much. Join us next time because the show never ends. We'll be back in a couple weeks to talk about how the Super Bowl ended, to talk about region basketball, to talk about baseball, of course, because, man, we are all looking forward to that. WJAs for Andrew Carter, Logan Maddox, West Georgia's voice of all the sports thank y'all very much for joining me on this edition of polk sports war roundtable we'll see you all next time okay let's go over a few quick post-game notes since this episode is later than i expected it to be first 
Congrats to the Rockmart Yellow Jackets and Cedartown Bulldog wrestlers who competed in state traditionals this week. We have several kids come home with the gold. Check out PSW for more on how those guys performed when they tangled up the competition on the state level for the final time during the 2022 season. Cedartown won their first scrimmage over Darlington in baseball. The boys and girls basketball teams dropped their last game against Pickens County on the road. Sorry about that. And the region tourney schedule is set for the Jackets and Bulldogs as well. We'll be posting all of that up on Monday at PultSportsWire.com. We thank all the sponsors of this episode for their support of free local news and sports at PultToday.com and PultSportsWire.com. You can become a sponsor of this episode by getting in touch with me at Kevin at Polk.today for more pricing and information about advertising generally on the sites that we have. Polk Sportswire Roundtable is a product of Myrick Multimedia LLC, located in beautiful Cedartown, Georgia. Songs from this week's episode included All-Star Show by Trinity, Free Fire by Hey Pluto, Bring the Energy by Soundroll, and Heavy Hittin' by Noise Cake, all available on Upbeat.io for free. You can get 10 downloads a month from them to use as background music and stuff. Pretty cool. I found it this week. Uh, we'll be using some more stuff from them as we go along. And uh, I hope everyone has a good rest of your Sunday. It, if you're listening to this when it first launched, happy Super Bowl Day and happy Valentine's Day. We'll see y'all in two weeks. <laughs>